Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Here, will you make sure that I remember to hit start recording? That would be bad if I didn't record this. Welcome to the broadcast. We're loading it up, guys. We're on episode 164 of Monday Night Teaching, Monday Night Fire. It was Friday Night Fire. Now we're on Monday. It's going to be a powerful night tonight. Tomorrow night, we'll be live with Jenny Weaver at 6 o'clock, so you don't want to miss that. And very important announcement. Maybe I shouldn't be giving these important announcements as I'm loading the stream on. So let me get some Jeopardy music. Let me give it a couple seconds here to get you guys in because we don't do an intro anymore. Sad, boo. YouTube still hasn't fixed it. Just like their audio issues. If you have audio issues tonight, refresh your feed, okay? We're not going to go back and forth all night long. YouTube's been having some server problems. But yeah, do me a favor and like this video, share the video, the broadcast. Very important announcement. January 1st through the 7th, we are having an hour a day prayer live stream. So for the first seven days of the year, I want you and your family to join me live and pray. That's going to be Monday at 6, Tuesday at 6, Wednesday at 6. Thursday at 6, Friday at noon, then we have a Friday night podcast, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 6, and then Monday night teaching and then podcast. So we're going to be live the first like 10 days of the year, but I want you guys to join me with the prayer. Let's start, imagine starting the year with seven days of prayer, seeking God, calling out to God, asking for him to fill us, asking for his power. So it's going to be a good first seven days. That's January 1st through the 7th live event. And then January 28th, I'll be at the Wayworld Outreach, which all the info is now on my website. Yay. Finally, it's on the website. You can go to IsaiahSaldivar.com slash schedule. February 24th, I'll be in Antioch, California. That info is there as well. And I have more dates to announce soon. But yes, we're going to be going here in a second. Don't stress. Those of you in the chat, they're like, is it started yet? We're going to go right now. Okay, we're live. Yes. But the teaching's going to get started. I have a few announcements to go over, and then we'll talk later. Again, thank you for everyone monthly partnering. I do have another announcement to make. I decided this today. 2024, we're going to do our best to do weekly, weekly, that means every single Friday, prayer calls with our partners. So if you are a monthly partner, if you don't want know what that is, you can join on YouTube or join on my website, which is even better. Give monthly to the ministry and help us out for 2024. You will get a link, a, re, uh, a static link that will get you into a Zoom call on Fridays to pray with us. I'm going to be praying with you guys every single Friday. If you are a monthly partner, you can join those calls. That's for our partners. So thank you again, guys, for partnering, praying about that, all that good stuff, okay? Let's get into today or tonight, shall I say? It's not night. We're going to be talking about spiritual attacks and spiritual warfare. If you didn't see the titles, spiritual warfare is real. Sadly, most Christians live a lot of their life not realizing that there is a battle going on in the unseen realm. You have an enemy in the unseen realm that attacks, that torments, that tempts, that discourages, that harasses. So this is the war we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to teach you about some of the attacks the enemy comes at so you can recognize them and then how to overcome them. But this is a very important point. As we talk tonight about these demonic attacks, when we say the devil's attacking... We don't mean the devil directly. We know the devil can only be at one place at one time. We are talking about the devil's minions, his demons. He's the prince of demons. The devil can only be one place at one time. But his demonic powers, his demonic spirits, his demons are the ones doing his work. These are his workmen. So what we're talking about tonight is being under spiritual attack from demonic forces, from demonic powers. Now, of course, 
The devil can use his demons to influence other people to attack you and everything like that. But I want you to remember when we say the devil, we mean his demonic powers, those that represent him, which are spirits. He can only be at one place at one time, but there are a lot of demons. Now, one of the main symptoms of being under spiritual attack, and this is what I thought we'd end the year with, is the last Monday night teaching of the year. I thought, let's end free. Let's end in breakthrough. Let's start 2024 out of the attacks. I don't know about you, but I've been going under spiritual attack. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready to get out of it. I don't want to live my life being under constant attack. I'm going to break free. I'm going to break out. Tonight is my night to say, oh, I recognize that's an attack from the enemy. Because if you recognize it's an attack from the enemy, you will be able to respond properly. Some of you are under attack and you think it's just life or coincidence and you're not able to respond. And one of the main signs you might know, which we're going to go over the signs later. You know, we're still like 30 minutes from that. But I just want to start with this is you're going through something that does not make sense. I don't understand when someone says, what's wrong with you? You, am I preaching to myself? You don't even know what's wrong with you. I don't know why I'm discouraged. I don't know why I have anxiety. I don't know why I'm depressed. I don't know why I'm being tempted like this. I don't know why I'm being attacked at night. I don't know why I'm having persecution. I don't know why I'm going through something, but I don't know what it is. I don't even know why I'm discouraged. It makes no sense. I shouldn't be discouraged, but I'm discouraged. I shouldn't be depressed, but I'm depressed. I shouldn't be anxious, but I'm anxious. I shouldn't be weary, but I'm weary. I shouldn't be sick in my body. The doctors have no clue what it is, but I'm sick in my body. So I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Anyone, am I the only one? Let me know in the chat that goes through things and doesn't even know what I'm going through. If a family member asks you, are you okay? I don't know. I'm okay, but I don't know what it is I'm going through. I can't explain it. Why is that the case? Because everything we're talking about tonight happens in the unseen realm. We are not talking about natural attacks. We're not talking about natural issues. Now, a lot of these things could be natural, but we're not talking about natural. People say, well, that I was doing a video on like, how do you know if you have a demon? Someone's like, well, it doesn't have to always be a demon. Exactly. But we're talking tonight about demonic attacks, attacks from the enemy. So some of these things can overlap with physical issues, like one of the attacks is going to be physical sickness the devil puts on people, his demons, but that could also be physical. But tonight, we're talking about spiritual attacks. So this is the big issue. We're in a spiritual battle, and they're happening in a realm you can't see, so it's hard to put your finger on it. And many believers, big problem, don't believe being attacked is a real thing. If you think that because you're a believer... There's no way the devil or a demon could attack you. There's no type of battle in the spiritual realm. You don't realize what the Bible teaches. There is a spiritual battle and you have a real enemy. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a war in history where there wasn't an attack? If you believe you're at war, then you're going to get backlash. You're going to at some point be attacked and have to fight back. And wouldn't you rather be able to fight back? Wouldn't you rather recognize and go, oh, I'm under a demonic attack. I'm going to fight back. Or do you want to just be ignorant? You just want to have your head in the sand and be like all the other Christians you know that have no clue what, what they're even being attacked about or what the point is. Now, a lot of Christians aren't being attacked. Let's be honest, because they're not doing anything for God and they're probably not even on the right team. A lot of people are on the wrong team and they wonder, I don't, I don't go under attack. Well, it's because you're not fighting against the enemy. When you truly give everything to God and you're not a fake lukewarm Christian, you're not one of these fake Christians out here, then you're going to be attacked. You're not invincible. I don't know what has made you believe that you're invincible and you can't be attacked. The fact is that there is a war. There is a battle. This is why the Bible says, 
put on the armor of God. Why would I need the armor of God if there was no battle? Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, this is your Bible, Ephesians chapter 6. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. So there is a battle and what are you going to be after this battle? This is my question tonight. What are you going to be after this battle? Are you going to be on your back? Because I'm in a battle right now. And I'm going, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be standing at the end of this battle. There will be a battle. There will be a fight. But I'm still standing. That's the difference. The difference is I'm not quitting. I'm not going to lay down. Come on, chat. Help me preach. I'm not going to be a punching bag. I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to be... Uh, living my life on accident, being ignorant to the devil's power and the devil's strategies. They can tell me all I want. Oh, brother, you shouldn't be talking about the enemy. What kind of talk is that? What army have you ever seen that says we shouldn't be talking about our enemy? In fact, most armies talk a lot about their enemy because they have to actually fight their enemy. So we don't want to be ignorant, as Paul says, but there are attacks. It's, it's very cute. It's very cute to think that there's no attacks. It's very cute to think Satan has no power, he's weak, but that's not scriptural and it's not reality. And it's said by those who refuse to engage in the fight. Honestly, let's just be honest. I'm feeling spicy tonight, whatever, I don't care, make a video. It's said by cheerleaders, not warriors. It's said by those in the stands that try to tell people that are on the field how to run the ball, how to play the play, how to fight the battle. I'm not trying to be rude, but if you have pom-poms in your hand and I have a sword in my hand, please don't give me advice how to swing a sword when you're swinging pom-poms. Come on. I'm just saying, if you're in the stands cheerleading and you're not actually engaging, then please tell me, please stop telling me how I'm not in a spiritual battle. Maybe you're not in a spiritual battle. Maybe the only battle you're in is Instagram battles, Facebook comment battles, YouTube comment battles, Heresy Hunter videos, maybe that's your war. Your war is against other Christians. Cool. I don't have time to fight other Christians because there's a real battle and I'm not going to be a baby Christian. I'm not going to be this little weak, cheap seat Christian that has the loudest booze from the cheapest seats. I'm not going to be a barking dog trying to stop the train. The loudest booze come from what? The people in the cheapest seats. So it's always the one that talk the most against deliverance that do deliverance the least. It's always the ones that don't go to battle that want to talk about how to do battle. They'll say things like spiritual attacks aren't real. Spiritual warfare is just in your mind. Satan and his demons don't have any power. It's like, okay, you say that. But then the Bible says the devil's the ruler of this world. The Bible says he's seeking to devour, wants to still kill and destroy. But you're telling me he has no power. Well, brother, not everybody is called to fight this battle. Well, Paul said being a good soldier, I don't get tied up with the affairs of civilian life. So you are a soldier. You are a warrior. You're not a grasshopper. You're not weak. You are a warrior. So all these cute things about, we're not all called to cast out demons, brother. We're not all in a battle. The war's not, you know, you just, that's all cute. That's all nice. Keep putting on makeup. Keep walking around with a purse instead of a sword. But I'm telling you, it's the opposite of what the Bible teaches. We need more people fighting, not less people fighting. We need more people going to war. We need more people that are going to fight the good fight of faith. As Paul said, I fought the good fight. I ran the race. Fight the good fight of faith. Put on the full armor of God. There's a war going on. Armor up. Don't be a baby. Put down the makeup. It's time for some of you men to put the purse down. Get out of those skin-tight leather skinny jeans, all right? And get, get to war. Get some army fatigues on. You're in a war right now against Satan and his demons, period. You're in a battle. 
1 Timothy 1.18 says, This I charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, by them you may wage a good warfare. So he says, Timothy, I want you to wage a good warfare. Wait, wait, Paul, we're not in a war. Yes, you are, Timothy. You're in a war. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. And I want you to fight good in this war. I want you to make sure you wage a good warfare. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18. Be good at warfare. Fight hard. Be strong. Take this thing serious. Why? I've said this before and I will be exhausted saying this for the next 30, 40, 50 years if the Lord, if the Lord tarries. We are in a battle and the spoils of war are not money, are not political power, is not, are not, it's probably not the right word, is not about oil we're fighting for. We are in a war fighting for souls. Our friends and family are at stake. Do I need to say it slower for those of you sitting in the back? Your friends and family are at stake. How you fight this war matters. You can't afford to sit on the sidelines. Come on, chat. Let's go into 2024 with warfare mindset. Let's go as spiritual snipers, not spiritual wimps. Let's not go as mamsy, pamsy, watered down Christians. Let's go as warriors in army fatigue. I want to go into 2024 fighting. I want to go in a, a free of every attack. I don't want to live my life under the attack of the enemy. I want to live my life attacking the enemy's kingdom. This is what tonight is about. We're not going to live on the defense. We're going to talk about how the devil attacks us so we can recognize it and fight back. But we're not going to live our lives constantly on the defense. This is what the Bible says about the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Now, it's going to be like, when are you going to stop talking about the enemy when y'all start fighting him? When y'all start acknowledging that he's literally controlling the world? When are you going to stop saying everything's demonic? When every show, every song, every Disney movie, everything on the TV, everything at the White House, all of these things are demonic constantly. And you're, you can keep saying, hide in your church and say, well, it's not all demonic, brother, and keep singing Kumbaya. Or you can say, there's a real devil and I'm fighting. I'm going to torment his kingdom. I'm going to damage his kingdom. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I don't want to live my life just on the offense. I like fighting or on the defense. I want to live on the offense. I like to fight because we were made to fight spiritually, spiritually. All right, Facebook and YouTube, stop trying to ban me for saying it. Spiritually. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. So let's see, you, you got taught devil doesn't matter. He's kind of just chilling in Hawaii somewhere, not really doing anything. This is what the Bible teaches in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and sober of mind. Now, I could go a whole sermon on that because, again, we're not alert. We're not on alert because we don't have an enemy. So we're, we're not even worried. We're like, well, who cares? Let's just get spiritually drunk. Be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The devil's prowling, looking to devour somebody. So I need to sober up. I've, I've been drunk on the culture. I've been drunk on the things of this world. I've been drunk on the church's wine. They've told me that this, I don't need to fight. But there's real warfare. When a boxer or an MMA fighter or a football team is going to go against their opponent, they spend hours watching what they call play footage. They study their opponents every move so they can effectively fight against them. They learn their weaknesses. They learn their strategies. They learn the way they attack. They learn the way they fight. So when they decide to attack them, they have an advantage over them. And what you need to understand is this. 
The devil has, and when I say the devil, I mean his demons, they have play footage on you. Did you, did you catch that? The devil watches you. The demons watch you. The demons strategize against you. The demons see your weakness. The demons spy on you. The demons that are assigned to lurk you and to stalk you to see where they can get an inroad. That's what they're trying to do. And guys, they're not sleeping. They're not going on vacation. It's like, hey, next week, gonna be on vacation. I'm gonna be spend time with my family next week. I won't be live next week, okay? Cool. The devil's not taking next week off. The devil's not going on vacation. The devil's not calming down. While we are on our vacation, while we're not doing whatever it is we're doing, prayer, fasting, the word, the devil's still doing it. He's still lurking, and those spirits are still looking for a strategy against you. The Bible says he has strategies against you. He has a military plan against you. There's a boardroom of demons plotting against you. They're waiting to launch an attack. And if we aren't aware, we'll fall prey to their attacks. We will not fight back spiritually. Again, we're not talking about being jumped on the streets. We're not talking about robbers breaking into your house. We're talking about spiritual attacks, spiritual intruders. And many of you are under a spiritual attack right now, and you have no clue. But I want to tell you this right now, you have the power to fight back. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. It's time to fight back. You have the power. You've been given the authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can fight back and fight against these spiritual attacks. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says. Lest Satan should have an advantage of, uh, over us, of us, we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, the word schemes in the Greek means his thoughts or purpose or mind. So Satan has a thought, a purpose, a plan against us, and we are not to be ignorant of that. We have the power over him. We have authority over him, but we're not to be ignorant of the enemy's plans against us, how he attacks us. We need to have an advantage over him. Don't be mad about this. Don't be a baby, okay? Don't be crying in the comments. Oh, why are you talking about spiritual? Listen, go cry somewhere else. We're not babies here. My shirt says warrior, not warrior. We're not wimps here. We're not, we're not playing the baby. Are you talking about warfare again? If you don't like it, you can leave. I don't know what else to tell you. Praise God for you. There's plenty of channels that will kumbaya you and give you a daisy crown to wear and pat you on the back and say, you're awesome, have more faith. This is not that channel. I'm not, I'm not gonna cater to babies, to crybabies. Don't be a crybaby, be a warrior. Be a warrior for God. You're a soldier, that's what Paul said. Paul said, being a good soldier, soldiers aren't babies, soldiers don't cry, soldiers don't complain, I have another boo-boo and an owie, change my diaper. No, 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 we're not changing your diaper anymore. It's time to, it's time to get potty trained. Spit the pacifier out of your mouth and get on the front lines. We're waiting for you. It's like Moses told them, are you just going to sit back while your brothers go fight? So you, you want to sit in Gilead where it's comfortable, where the grass is nice, where you have all your livestock. Well, we cross the Jordan and go fight. And he says, you're just going to let your brothers fight. How, how much longer are you going to let everybody else fight for you? How much longer are you going to let everyone else fight for your family, fight for your marriage, fight for your kids, fight for your generation? Fight for your people at school. Fight for your people at work. When are you going to say it's time for me to fight? I'm going to get in prayer and fight. My weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. I have power. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We need to know about this. We're gaining knowledge so we can be effective in warfare because we're soldiers. So what do soldiers do? They cry. No, no, no. They don't cry. They train. They fight. So guys, I'm telling you right now. 
I'm fired up because I'm 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 ready for battle. I am not going to go into 24 and be respond. I don't respond anyways. I don't respond. They cry. They make 40 videos about me. I've never responded once. I'm not going to go in thinking like, oh, maybe I don't want to make people mad and I don't want to offend anybody and I you know maybe I should not talk about this even though the Lord's telling me to talk about this. I'm not doing that. I don't care. I don't care. I want to fight the good fight, wage the good war, like Paul says, be a good soldier, not getting tied with civilian affairs. Here's the deal. If people don't like it, they can cancel their partnership. They can stop watching the streams. They can go find someone else to partner with. Praise God. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm not going to water it down to appease to the masses. Well, you can be much bigger if you appease to a broader audience and don't be so niche in what you talk about. I don't care. You think I started this to be bigger? I was doing this when there was 30 people on, 40 people on. I started preaching in my living room. I was sitting on people's feet. I don't care. The battle's real. And, and let me tell you right now, maybe this is going to be news to you. The, the war is going to get more intense as the years go on. The, the war is going to be more intense as the year goes. The battle's not going to get decreased. We're going to see more warfare. The devil's, I'm trying to be careful I don't get banned here. The devil's demons are going to be blazing more when it comes to the alphabet agenda, the agenda in politics, the agenda of Planned Parenthood. I could keep naming all these things. It's going to continue to grow, and we're going to see more wickedness, more evil. When are you going to stop covering these crazy things and exposing the devil? Probably never because it's going to get worse. Two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, we would never dream that we would have Dairy Queens in the White House flashing the camera for the television and the president being like, yay, men flashing uh, with their prosthetic breasts to kids, yay. Like, we're so corrupt and twisted the devil's just wreaking havoc. The number one trending songs of our generation are about being demons. Demon was the number one trending song with mi billions of plays. So to me, I'm not going to sit around and cry and be like, no, there's real attacks. We're really under warfare. It's time, to, it's time to fight back. So spiritual warfare is real. Now, what is a spiritual attack? A spiritual attack, because I'm going off on a tangent here because I get all fired up when we start talking about what's happening in the world. And just, I can't handle the baby Christians. I can't handle the Huggies diaper. You know, some of you act like you're sponsored by Huggies. I don't understand. Like, is Huggies giving you a sponsorship to tell you to, to speak against deliverance? Is Huggies sponsoring you to tell Christians to not fight the good fight and to not worry about what the enemy's doing and just go to church and sing songs? Is, is that Huggies that's sponsoring that or uh, Pampers? I don't know. But a spiritual attack is this. A coordinated event by Satan. And again, when I say Satan, I mean his demons. This is something planned out. This is something thought about. This is something rehearsed and then launched against you. Uh, write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not, listen, if you're not serious, you're not going to take notes. It's all good. It's all good. If you're not serious about the war, then it's fine. Just sit in boot camp and, and, just, get, and just make it. When we ask for 20 push-ups, do eight, do eight. I mean, it is what it is. If you are taking notes... I want you to write down, a spiritual attack is planned out. These are not random attacks. And you should actually be excited you're being attacked because number one, it means you're threatened by Satan. Because remember, Satan only has a limited amount of resources. He doesn't have an unlimited amount of demons. If the devil's taking his demons and attacking you, it means you're threatening him. It means you're doing something right. Christians that don't get attacked should be worried that they're, not, that they're on the right team. If you're dating the enemy, he probably won't attack you. If you're running the same way as him, he's probably not attacking you. But how many of you know when you got, got serious for God, 
You were in church your entire life and didn't get attacked once. And then you went serious for God. And then you went all in. And then you started evangelizing, sharing your faith, baptizing. All of a sudden, you're under the attacks we're going to be talking about tonight. Why? Because the devil's threatened by you. Whatever. He's a loser. Literally. I'm not even slandering him because we shouldn't blaspheme the devil or his demons. That's what the Bible says. But the devil is literally a loser. His demons are losers and they want you to lose too. Now, here's the devil's goal. And this is why we're going to be uh, talking about this tonight, okay? When the devil attacks, his goal is to remain undetected so you don't recognize it as a demonic attack. So he's going to go, he's going to, his demons are going to walk the line to say, okay, how far can we go with attacking them, with speaking to them, tormenting them, trying to get them to do stuff to themselves, but not too far so that they know it's a demon. So the demons will try so hard to make their voice sound like your voice. So you'll have that voice of, it's, a, it's fine, just cut yourself, you'll feel better, just do this, just jump, just there, just go here, just say this. You'll walk in a room and hear a voice say, nobody likes you in this room. Everybody hates you, you're worthless. And you're thinking, that must be me. So the demons are not gonna jump out. Some of you have demons and you're like, I would know if I have them. No, you wouldn't, because they use camouflage. They're not just going to jump out and be like, hey, by the way, I moved in like seven years ago when you went through that trauma. I moved in like eight years ago when you were in that abusive relationship. Oh, by the way, I moved in a couple years ago when you were addicted to watching horror movies for that certain amount of time. And uh, I'm here and, uh, you know, we're cool. You don't need to cast me out. I'm just going to live here and I'll talk to you once every few weeks or month or so. And I'm not going to mess with you. I'll kind of just, I'll be, you know, I'll just chilling. Leave me alone. Demons are not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to hide. I've already taught you guys this. Use camouflage and to remain undetected. I want you to think of it as a, a submarine, okay? The purpose of a submarine is to remain undetected. A, sub, a submarine goes behind enemy lines. They can't be seen by the human eye because they're under the water. And they wreak havoc from behind the scenes. So that is exactly what these demonic attacks are. Spiritual attacks are like submarines that dwell beneath the surface of what the eye can see in the invisible realm. And just because you can't see the attack doesn't mean it's any less real. So this is how the enemy is functioning. Understand, the battle is not against humans, it's against spirits. We wrestle not, Ephesians 6, against flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. These are invisible entities that we are fighting. It's not physical, it's not natural, it's all happening in the spiritual realm. And the only way to bring it into the natural dimension, you guessed it, is by talking about it. So we can stay quiet about it. We can act like you're not going through anything. We can act like I'm not going through anything. We can act like we're all hunky-dory and we can keep faking it till we make it. Or we can say, wait a minute, we're locked arms together tonight. We have shield to shield. The enemy's penetrated. The enemy's attacking. Let's wake up. Let's put our big boy pants on and let's fight him. I'm, tr I'm, I'm a warrior, guys. Like I'm not trying to be, if you're going to be with me in the foxhole, let's fight this thing. Let's fight. I don't want someone in the foxhole with me that's pointing their gun at me. I'm no more friendly fire. I don't have time for it. Like, why don't you make videos about people? I don't have time for friendly fire. I'm, I'm trying to snipe the enemy. I don't have time to snipe the guy with me in the foxhole. Well, that guy in the foxhole doesn't believe the same way as you. I don't care. I'm trying to fight, bro. If you can fight, let's fight. Who, who in the foxhole? Let me ask you this question because I'm, I'm preaching prophetic tonight, whatever. When has there ever been an, a war where you're in the foxhole with somebody and you go, Oh, there's an enemy coming. We need to get up and shoot at this enemy spiritually. And, 
Um, do you believe in tongues? Before we fight this enemy, I need to make sure if you believe in tongues. Do you believe in the gifts for today? Do you believe in, are you the, who, bro, we got to fight. We both believe in Jesus. We both believe in the resurrection. We both believe that salvation is by faith because of grace. Let's just fight. Let's stop arguing. Well, could a Christian have a demon or could they not? Maybe it's on their toe. Maybe it's in them. Well, I don't know. I don't believe they're in there. I believe they're on them. I mean, is it oppressed? Is it possessed? Is it demonized? Is it afflicted? I don't believe in, is it a wheelbarrow? Is it a, a McDonald's? Who cares? Like, I, are we really making hours and hours and hours of videos on this worrying? We have a battle to fight. We're in a foxhole. Brother, let's get out and fight. Let's get out of the trenches. Let's go to war. We don't need to be petty about this. It's okay if our, our beliefs aren't exactly the same. Let's just fight. Let's just make sure that we're fighting because we're fighting. Because we're fighting a battle. And the Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, no, and I want you to write this down, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You right now are under an attack, maybe, and there's weapons being formed against you. But I want to give you a word before you get discouraged. And I'm going to say this before I start putting on screen all the different attacks and types and ways to overcome them and give you some advice on how to overcome these attacks. Let me just say this. These attacks won't prosper in Jesus' name. These attacks, when it says no weapon formed against you, that word form means to custom make something. It means to tailor make something. If you go get a wedding dress, they're going to tailor the dress to fit you. They customize the dress to fit you in all, you know, all the right areas. So this verse is saying the devil, his demons, have custom-made weapons against you. He's making them according to your weakness and according to your strengths. What the devil uses to attack me is not going to be the same he uses to attack you. So it's crucial you not only know Satan's weapons and tools, but also your weaknesses. And this is the danger of thinking you're too strong. I'll never be attacked. I'll never fall. I'm too strong. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. Because take heed lest you fall. Woe the mighty have fallen, the Bible says. Pride comes before the fall. The moment you think you're exempt from spiritual attack, pride is already set in. Satan will use weapons to muzzle you, to attack you, to assault you. Fear, anxiety, panic. He'll tell you you don't have power over him. He'll tell you you don't have authority over him. He'll tell you that Jesus' name has no power. He, you must listen to him. But no, no, no. I'm not listening to him. He's listening to me. You need to realize you have authority over him. And he might form weapons. It doesn't say no weapon. It says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say no weapon will be formed against you. Okay? It doesn't say no weapon will be formed against you. It says no weapon formed against you will prosper. There will be weapons formed. There will be weapons formed. But the weapons that are formed won't prosper against you because they are going to be formed. They're going to be formed and they're going to be against you, but the weapons won't be prevail. You will win in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you will win this battle. The devil's a liar. The devil's a loser. He's not weak, so we need to stop thinking about that. But we have power over him. We know John 10.10, he wants to still kill and destroy. He really wants to still, he actually wants to kill you. I know you might not know this, but these demons that we're constantly fighting against, they actually want you dead. They want to kill you, steal, and destroy. This is what they're looking to do in any way they can. So don't be mistaken. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy the relationship you have with your pastor. He wants to remove godly influences out of your life. He wants to draw you out of relationship with God and the people around you that love God. 
The devil's not weak. He is the ruler of this world. He is a lowercase God. So again, please remove the idea that he's weak. Because if you think he's weak, if you think he has no power, you're going to be like the boxer that undertrains. And you're going to be like, oh, my opponent's 100 pounds. I'm 230 pounds. I don't need to train against this guy. This guy's 100 pounds. He's a twig. And then what happens when you step out in the ring and the guy's not 100 pounds? The guy's 300 pounds. And you're like, somebody lied to me. I thought my opponent was weak, so I didn't train. Look at this. I didn't take it serious, but I just realized my opponent's not weak. But it's too late now because I didn't spend time training to fight him. Again, don't believe the lie. The devil wants you to think he has no power. The devil's like, I'm not even. The devil doesn't even want you to know he's real. Demons don't want you to know they're real because then you'll actually fight them. So don't, don't, again, don't believe the lie that the devil has no power. He's weakened, but he's not weak. Let me say that again. He has been weakened, but he's not weak. We are still at war. We are still in a battle. Now, here's a couple elements to the battle. Do I have number one here? Okay. Elements of the battle. Write these down really quick, and then we're going right into the different attacks because we're already 32 minutes in, and I, I got a lot of stuff to say, as always. I mean, why do I even need to say that at this point? Elements to the battle. Number one, we need to be aware of the battle. First of all, this is the first element. You need to be aware there's a spiritual battle going on because you can't fight in a battle you're not aware of. That's element number one. I'm now aware. My eyes are now open, okay? I realize now. Before I didn't realize it, nobody told me. Most churches don't talk about spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, because not being rude, they're not in it. So how do they talk about something they're not in? But there's a real battle. That's the first element. Very important. Before I even tell you about these attacks, you need to know that. I'm aware there's a battle. I'm aware. I'm not, I'm not drunk anymore. I'm not asleep. I'm aware. I'm sober. I'm alert, just like Peter tells us, uh, the Bible tells us to be, okay? Second, you need to be equipped for the battle. And this is why we spend time equipping you. This is why we have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of teaching and teaching and teaching and live streams and books and this and this and then that. That's why I'm going to be working on a book next year, a deliverance handbook to train you to put in any person's hand that they, in 200 pages, they can be fully trained to fight this battle. This is what we're working on. We're in a battle. We're fighting a battle and I need to be trained. So this is what we're putting the resources out to equip you so you could know, you can know the attacks uh, that the enemy has. So be equipped. And then number three, so be aware, be equipped. Number three is help others. This is not just for you. I'm not just getting free and delivered and break, breaking out of my spiritual attack. For me, actually, I'm doing it to help other people. The moment God saved me and set me free, I decided I'm going to spend the rest of my life helping other people get free and delivered. And I remember getting delivered and thinking, I remember getting saved and thinking, I am going to give the rest of my life to helping people get saved, to preaching the gospel so people can get saved. And then I remember getting delivered and I decided I will spend the rest of my life not only preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, faith in Christ alone, seeing people get saved, it's beautiful, but also I've been delivered. I'm going to spend my life helping people get delivered and free. And I remember seeing my first healing. I remember God not only healing my physical body, God has healed me before. Literally, I saw God heal other people and I said, wow, saved, delivered. Now I'm seeing people get healed. I will spend the rest of my life seeing other people get healed. Laying hands on the sick. You can't talk me out of it. You can't pay me $20 million. Isaiah will pay you $100 million to never pray for the sick and never cast out a demon. You can, I wouldn't even think about it. If you said, Isaiah, I'll give you a billion dollars cash 
to never cast out demons again and never heal the sick, pray for the sick again, I wouldn't even blink. I would say, keep your billion dollars. You can't. There's no amount of money. It's so beautiful that God has given us this authority and given us this gift to be able to administer help to people as 2 Corinthians 5 says, as his ambassador. This is real warfare here and God has trained us. So aware of the battle, equipped for the battle and what else? We're helping others. We're not fighting just for us. There's too much at stake. Now, some of you right now, you think this attack is all about you. Okay, we're about to go into attack number one. You think this attack is all about you. It's not. The devil's not just worried about you. There's other people's lives that you're going to change, and he's attacking you because he doesn't want you to change them. It's not just about you. It's about the people you're going to reach. When the devil comes at me, the devil's not like, I'm just going to get Isaiah to not be saved, and I'm going to get Isaiah to be discouraged and to quit. That is not, the devil's not stupid. These demons have been around for thousands of years. The demons have been around. They've seen kings come, kings go. By the way, the demons weren't born when you were born. They've literally been around for thousands of years. Okay, they're not dumb. They're not just attacking you because you're a big deal. They're attacking you because they know the impact you can have on other people. They know Isaiah can reach millions of people if he keeps going, so we're going to do everything we can to shut him down. And the devil will use other people to do that to discourage me, to get me to quit. Sadly, some religious people don't realize the devil's using them to try to discourage me or others from preaching this gospel fully. And it's okay. They don't know they're being used. Maybe someday they'll get delivered or free or God will open their eyes. I don't know. I don't really care. My job is not to worry about everyone attacking me. My job is to fight against the plans of the enemy and help people get set free. I don't have time to do both. So I have to fight. I have to go to war. There's people at stake. So tonight, realize that, okay? So let's go over some common attacks. Now, this is not exhaustive, it's comprehensive. If I was exhaustive, I would give you 40 attacks of the devil, but I'm giving you seven tonight. Seven basic ones, seven general ones, and in my opinion, seven of, of the most common ones that we get. Now, this is, I'm gonna start with number one. This is probably the most common because we wake up to this, and that is night attacks. The devil has a way of attacking us at night. In fact, the most common time you'll recognize that you're under a spiritual attack is while you sleep. The devil knows for many of you, can't get you off track in the day, so the demons wait until nighttime to do their work. Now you must know, of course, when you sleep, your spirit doesn't sleep, your soul doesn't go to sleep, you're still awake spiritually. Samson is a perfect example of this, okay? Samson, in the daytime, untouchable. Samson, in the daytime, invincible. Once Delilah finds out Samson's secret, once Delilah finds out Samson's weakness, she still can't attack him. She still can't defeat him. When is she able to attack him? While he's sleeping. She has to wait until Samson goes to sleep. Now, I want you to remember, we're not just talking about physical sleep. Connect the dots. We're also talking about spiritual sleep. So when Samson is sleeping, now Delilah can attack. Let me show you this more in scripture. Matthew 13. You sow good seed. And when you sleep, the enemy comes and sows bad seed. So there's like this, this type of bad seed being sown. Can you go verse by verse in the book of Romans? We've already done that. It's in the playlist. We've done the entire book of Romans verse by verse. Go to my YouTube channel playlist. When we're sleeping, the devil comes and sows bad seed. I want you to remember, got to keep reminding you, not just physically sleeping, which is true. You go plant seeds, you sleep, but also spiritually sleeping. So wake up tonight in Jesus' name. Matthew 13, sow good seed, you go to sleep. Matthew 26, 41, keep watch. This is what Jesus said, keep watch and pray. And actually, literally, he, he was literally telling them, stay awake. 
Stay awake. So that you'll not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, Jesus tells them that. And what happens? He goes to talk to the Father, and they fall asleep. So here we see Samson. Once he's asleep, they can attack. We see the good seed planted, but when he sleeps, the bad seed sowed. We see Matthew 26. Jesus says, stay awake and pray. The disciples fall asleep. When Jesus told Peter, the devil's targeting you, he wants to sift you, and here Peter is sleeping. The enemy loves, write this down, the enemy loves a sleeping church. The enemy loves a sleeping church. When you're sleeping physically and spiritually, that is when you're most vulnerable. So you need to, I'm going to give you some tips here, but you need to be ready for attacks at night because they will come. Now, many of you have had uh, sleep paralysis. Type one in the chat if you've had sleep paralysis. I know a lot of people say it's just a natural phenomenon when your body wakes up and you're still sleeping, but your eyes are awake and you're in the dream cycle. I get that people say that. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay. If sleep paralysis is only always natural, I'm not saying it can't be natural. Sometimes if it's always only natural, why is it that Jesus is the only name that you can't say? I've had sleep paralysis, which is a demonic attack in my opinion. And I could say, Victor, Frank, Lizzie, Jamie, David. I could say any name. The one name that I, my mouth feels shut is when I try to say Jesus. And you fight and you fight and you fight and you're trying to say Jesus and you, you could say anything else but Jesus. If it's natural, why is that the only name you can't say? And then when you say the name of Jesus, boom, it breaks off of you. When you finally get the words Jesus out. Y'all, are y'all, are y'all, are y'all tracking here tonight? Am I, is it just me? If it's not spiritual and it's just a psychological, scientific, remember, science is always going to try to explain the spiritual. They can't. The scientific community, doctors, all they can't explain the spiritual. So they're going to try to put names on it. So they name your demons. Oh, you have schizophrenia. Oh, you have this demon. And they're naming your demons mental illnesses because a doctor won't say it's a demon. I mean, come on, let's be honest here. So these attacks, they say, oh, it's natural when your body wakes up. Okay. If, again, if it's natural, why am I seeing dark figures choking me? Why am I seeing dark figures at the end of my bed? If it's natural, just oh, you just woke up. Okay, then I woke up while I'm dreaming and my eyes are open and I'm looking at my ceiling. Why is there dark demonic forces if it's not spiritual? You guys see what I'm saying here? So this is the world trying to explain a spiritual attack. This is demonic. And some of you say, well, I always get attacked at 3 a.m. This is what witches believe. Witches believe that between 3 and 4 a.m. is the witching hour. It's the time of night. This is what they believe. I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying this is what they believe. They believe that between 3 and 4 is the witching hour. This is when the barrier between the physical and spiritual realm is the thinnest, and this is when guides, spirits, and all these other demons are able to travel between the two worlds to visit people. Witches believe that. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying they believe the veil is the thinnest. So it's common, you get attacked at three in the morning. You wake up and go, it's three in the morning, it's three in the morning. Why? Because that's when the most demonic spiritual activity is going on. Again, not saying that it is true, but when they all believe it's true, that's when they do their activities. And you guys know I've had a lot of ex-witches on my show. I have a lot of friends that were in witchcraft and the occult. They will all say this is true. They will all say that they practice the most and you got the most power. Three o'clock in the morning, again, it ties into night attacks. I get attacked when I travel often and preach. Like I'm going into places 
coming against powers and principalities and rulers, preaching against them, and those demonic forces oftentimes will try to attack me and give me nightmares and give me night sweats or whatever it is. And if you didn't know, the word nightmare is actually derived from the Old English word mare. And the word mare, M-A-R-E, is an Old English word that literally describes a mythological demon or a goblin that torments people with frightening dreams. So look up, go look at the history of the word nightmare. When you say, I have a nightmare, mare is a mythological demon that attacks people at night. So literally the word nightmare in its own old English definition is speaking of a mythological demon that attacks at night. And we all say, I had a nightmare. So what you're saying is you got attacked by a mare at night, which was a mythological creature. Again, not every nightmare is a demon. But when you're under night attacks, one of the signs is demonic dreams. You'll have reoccurring dreams. Some of this could be a case of you need to get deliverance, but not always. We're going to talk tomorrow about discerning spirits and what's a demon, what's not, all of that. But sometimes you're under spiritual attacks at night. You just are. And I go through seasons of this. I think like two weeks ago, I was waking up every single night for, I don't know, three or four nights in a row, soaking wet in sweat, shivers, cold, demonic dreams, demonic attacks at night, everything you can think of just every single night, two, three times. I was literally getting up. I know it sounds gross, but it, you guys have done this too. Don't act like I'm the only one. Let me know in the chat if I'm the only one. I was so soaking wet and sweat. I was getting a towel and literally putting in my bed and then laying on the towel. My wife is like, you were what you had nightmares again. And it wasn't even like nightmares. I don't even remember the bad dreams. Well, a couple of them I do, but most of them I didn't. It was just, I was getting attacked at night and I was, I was like, what do I do? I'm getting attacked at night. Something's attacking me. I don't believe it was coming from the inside. I believe that it was a demonic attack from the outside. It was a night attack. So you will get spiritually attacked at night. But remember, there's power in the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Now, you not only, very important, need to speak the name of Jesus, but you need to have a relationship with Jesus if you're going to speak his name. What happened in Acts 19 when the sons of Sceva spoke the name but had no relationship with the name? In fact, they said, we cast our demons in the, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches about. So they didn't have a relationship with the name. They just had the name. You don't want to just have the name. You want to also have a relationship with the person whose name you're speaking. Relationship is the key. Write that down. How do we prevent night attacks? Because I want to not just give you guys. I don't want to just get on here and be like, you're being attacked. Good luck. Rest in peace, bro. I want to also give you guys help to overcome night attacks. Okay, so what do we do? Excuse me. What do we do in night attacks? Couple advice. Number one. Put on the full armor of God before bed. Just say a prayer. Lord, I put on the full armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, belt of truth, just choose a piece. Put it on. Memorize it. Pray it on. Read it in your Bible. Whatever you want to do. It's no, there's no special, it's not like a magic incantation here. We're not, we're not doing anything, you know, weird and new agey. Just pray the armor of God on. Put the full armor of God. Uh, speak that word over you. Okay, so put on the full armor of God. Also before bed, pray that every demonic assignment and strategy is broken. Just, hey, I commend every attack. Oh, this is what I started doing. Every assignment, every demonic attack, I break it in Jesus' name. And I, and I had it for a few days and I haven't had it for a week for you know a week or two now. So you break that demonic attack. Also, I know some of you won't like this, be careful what you watch or listen to before bed, okay? If you're watching the first 48 hours crime documentaries before bed, and then you're having dreams of people dying or killing people or people getting killed, it's like, oh, is that really a demon? Or are you opening yourself up before bed and you're watching stuff you shouldn't be watching? So just be careful what you're listening to and what you're watching to prevent night attacks. We don't want to make this easier. Come on, chat. I'm reading the chat, by the way. What is he reading? The chat. We don't want to make it easier 
for the devil to attack us, so be careful. No horror movies. No, I know, I just really like the Saw movie. No, 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 no. Go get a saw and go build a, a, a chair or something. No saw movies, no horror movies, no paranormal activity, no new exorcism movie that came out. None of that. Don't watch any of these movies before, at all, at all. I was going to say before bed. No, 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 at all. No horror movies unless you like getting attacked. If you like getting attacked by demons at night, keep watching your movies. But if you're tired of getting attacked, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Do not be watching these horror movies. I, I promise you. Also, be careful with crime documentaries and shows like that, okay? All right, another advice. This is practical. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I thought this was going to be spiritual. Yeah, I'm telling you why you're getting attacked spiritually. Here's another good one. Play, if you're getting night attacked, play the audio Bible. Play the audio Bible while you sleep so your mind gets full of the word of God. Now, I'm just going to say something. I could be wrong on this. Um, it is what it is, okay? Be careful if you're, if you're going to bed at night and you're playing the book of Revelation. You might have some dreams. Let's just say it that way. If you're hearing about the tribulation plagues, people getting murdered by praying mantis-looking people, 200 million soldiers on chariots that are riding grasshoppers that sting and no one dies for five months. If you're reading the plagues and wrath in the book of Revelation as you go to sleep, you might have some dreams. I'm just going to let you know because it is a very intense book. Put on the book of John. Put on the book of Matthew, okay? You don't need to be putting on the Song of Solomon. Come on, help me out. Put on, especially if you're battling lust, don't be putting on the Song of Solomon before bed. Put on the book of John, book of Matthew, 1 Corinthians. Put on something, something nice like that, okay? Don't be putting on the book of Revelation and be learning about the tribulation as you're trying to sleep, wondering why you feel so much chaos as you sleep. Turn on some worship music. Hello, come on, chat. Turn on some worship music. Let your room get full of that worship and that praise and that glory unto God. Put on some real worship music. Don't put on this new stuff where it's all about me, 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 feel me, do this to me, help me, God. Put on some exalt you, I exalt you, holy is your name, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, here's a couple of verses you can also speak over yourself. Psalms 91.5, you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Jeremiah 31.26, at this I awoke and looked and my sleep was pleasant to me. Proverbs 3.24, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your, sweet, your, your, sweet, your sleep will be sweet. Okay, these are all things that can help you out here. Speak these over, your, uh, over yourself and you'll be good. Also, lastly, this is very important. Make sure you have no ought with your spouse before bed or you're opening yourself up to attack. This is what Ephesians 4.26 says. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. I always tell people, if you go to bed with wrath against your spouse, you're inviting a third person into your bed. You're giving a place for the devil. So don't give the devil or a demon a place in your bed by going down and going to sleep with anger or wrath or rage towards your wife. Every one of us knows what it's like to have that 1 a.m. where you're sitting in bed going, all right, let's talk about this, okay? We're both awake here, and I can't go to sleep like this. It just feels too weird. And I'm, I, I'm not the person that says, oh, just go sleep in another room. I don't do the sleep in another room thing. My wife and I never, never do that. We don't do the, you sleep, you know, I'm mad at you. Let's just go sleep somewhere else. Let's work it out. Let's work it out. Okay, so number one is the night attacks. Those are some tips for you. Number two, and guys, I'm going long here. It's the last Monday of the year. Somebody say, it's okay, brother. Go long if you need to. Somebody type that. Can I get like 10 more minutes? If I can get like 20 of you to type 10 minutes, that'll give me a few hours. All right, number two. This is a spiritual attack. The attack of temptation. Temptation. Most people don't realize the devil will attack in the realm of temptation. No, are we disconnecting here? Hopefully we reconnect. Refresh, refresh, refresh. The stream is trying to disconnect. The devil is a liar. 
We're going to get through this. All right. Are we still on? Are we live? Yes. Okay. We're back. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't want to talk while it was cutting out because we did lose signal there, but it looks like we're back. Please, in Jesus' name, don't cut out. Okay. Number two is temptation. Demons oftentimes will attack us in the area of our flesh. They will exaggerate our flesh and they'll tempt us to give in to carnal fleshly desires. Some of you might say the devil doesn't tempt us. Demons don't tempt us. Only the flesh tempts us. And the flesh does tempt you as well, but that's wrong. The devil 100% tempts. We know this because the devil tempted Jesus. After 40 days of fasting, Jesus was obviously extremely hungry and the devil brought a temptation of the flesh, says, turn these stones into bread. If you are who you say you are, the same way the devil attacked Jesus, the devil attacked, came and deceived Adam and Eve, tempted them, eat of the fruit. The devil's first attack was temptation. He tempted Adam and Eve. The devil did. It wasn't to owe the flesh. No, no, no. They were walking perfectly before God. And the devil came in with temptation, tempting them to do something they know they shouldn't be doing. Do not let demons or the devil tempt you to do stuff you know you shouldn't be doing. Okay, so the devil will come. Demons will come. Remember when I say the devil, synonymous with demons, because the devil can only be at one place at one time. The devil's not tempting you. The devil's demons, his representatives, are tempting you. They want to tempt you. They want to exaggerate your flesh the same way that Jesus was tempted. Let me ask you this. If the devil tempted Jesus and you're Jesus' ambassador, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, why would the demons not tempt you? Why would the demons not try to torment you? Why would they not? And this is what the devil is telling. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, trying to get Jesus to question, just like Adam and Eve, if you eat this, you'll be like God. But uh, excuse me, Adam and Eve, one chapter ago, God made you in his image. You're all already like God. Think about this. Adam and Eve were already like God. They were made in his image. And then the devil comes and says, if you eat that, you'll be like God. And God doesn't want you to be like him. So don't. And they should have been like, I'm already like God. I was made in his image. So the devil will come lie to you, tempt you. He did it to Adam and Eve. He did it to Jesus. If you are the son of God, of course, Jesus is the son of God. We already know that at his baptism. Literally, we know this. God, the father spoke and said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Jesus just came from the baptism. Of course, Jesus didn't give in to the temptation. We all know that. Jesus is sinless, but the devil will come and tempt us to doubt the word of God. This is what he wants to do. Now, how did Jesus defeat the devil? Type it in the chat. With the sword of the spirit, with the word of God. So you need to know the Bible. Jesus' response was, it is written. You can't just say Google said. A lot of us, and me including in a lot of areas, I'm guilty as you are, we don't know the Bible outside of Google. Without Google, we wouldn't even know where scripture is. Jesus did not have to Google. He quoted the word and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written. He fought the devil with the word of God. How do we fight the attacks of temptation? We fight it with the word of God. So then he tempts Jesus again, jump off the pinnacle of the temple. And he used the Bible saying the angels will take, will catch you. Yet he was using the Bible out of context, using the Bible recklessly. The Bible was not about jumping off buildings. So angels protect us in Psalms. It was about angels divinely protecting you, not so you can live reckless. So the devil, what does he do? Twist the scripture, uses the Bible out of context to try to get you and to attack you. And he'll even use the word of God to attack you. Here's how you fight the devil back. You need to know what the word of God says. So when the devil tries to twist the word of God, you go, nope, I already know what the word of God says. And you are twisting the word of God. 
But if you don't know the word of God, then you'll let him twist it and you'll, be, you'll follow. You know, one big demonic doctrine is cessationism. The gifts are, aren't for today. That's a demonic doctrine. The devil loves that doctrine. It keeps the people of God in bondage. It keeps the people of God not stepping out in faith. And you might say, well, I believe cessationism until I learn what the Bible says. And I realize it's not in the Bible. It's a doctrine that's not in the Bible. It's demonic. And it's a twisting of scripture. They twist the scripture to try to say, Holy Spirit's not working the way he used to work anymore. And it's demonic. You need the word of God to fight against these demonic doctrines. Look at what James chapter 1 verse 13 says. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death. God is not tempting you to do evil. So just get that clear. God is not tempting you to do evil. God does not tempt anyone. We get dragged away by our own evil desires. Here's the key. How do I overcome this spiritual attack of temptation? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. <clears throat> he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, look at this. This is going to help you. When you're tempted... He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Here's the key to breaking out of the spiritual attack of temptation. When the enemy comes and attempts you, tempts you like he did Jesus in the wilderness or like he did Adam and Eve, what do I do when the devil comes and attacks me with temptation? Write this down. Look for the exit. exit. Look for the exit. In every temptation, there's always an exit. Every single one. Every single one, whether it's pornography, whatever. I don't know. Think of any temptation you've gone through. There's an exit. There's always a door out. So when I'm tempted, what do I do? Find the exit. Find the exit when I'm tempted. It's very simple. And then look at this, Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So the Lord's prayer is believers saying, God, lead us not into temptation, which we know he doesn't, but deliver us from evil. This is a daily prayer we could pray. Deliver us from evil. That sounds like deliverance to me. People are like, deliverance isn't in the Bible. Uh, I mean, literally, it's in the Lord's Prayer there. All right, so that's attack number two, temptation. And to overcome it, look for the exit. Number three, witchcraft attacks. These are attacks when someone's doing rituals, casting spells, using voodoo, or targeting you in the spiritual realm. Now, this is where I want to talk about very important. This is the most important point of this witchcraft attacks. It is impossible to know every person that might be putting a curse on you or attacking you spiritually, okay? And guess what? You're not responsible to constantly try to break curses, to constantly try to come against the attacks of witchcraft that you don't even know about. You will get exhausted if you live paranoid. I don't live paranoid. I don't sit here and go, oh no, there's witches attacking. Oh no, everyone. Guys, here's the thing. There's 3,000 of you live right now on Facebook and YouTube put together. 3,000 of you. I don't know who's putting a curse on me right now. I have, I think, 7 million views a month on YouTube or something. Millions of people. You don't think people are putting spells on me? Of course they are. But my job is not to go, oh, no, I wonder who's attacking me. I wonder who's putting spells on me. I would live exhausted if I did that. I would be exhausted. Here's what you need to understand. The curse can't land. Proverbs 26 says a curse cannot land without a cause. So I need to make sure I don't give the curse a landing pad. I need to make sure there's no open doors in my life. I'm living right I'm not dabbling with sin, witchcraft, and all that garbage. So the curse can't land. They could curse me all they want, but there's nowhere for it to land. 
a curse without a cause cannot land. So if you start living in compromise, opening the door, you create a landing pad for the curse to land on. A curse needs somewhere to land. A demon needs somewhere to land. If there's no open door, they can't land. And we know this because Balaam could not curse Israel because they were walking in obedience. He had, he had no legal grounds to curse them. And he was like, how could I curse what God has blessed? I can't curse them. So don't be stressed. Don't walk around going, who's cursing me? I preach and people tell me, oh, witches came. They're putting curses on you as you preach. I've had them sit front row and they're doing their little stuff. I don't care. I'll preach a hole right through you. Put your dead chicken on the altar. You guys know what I'm about to say. We'll put some lemon pepper on it. We don't care. We'll season up your dead chicken and eat it for lunch after service. We're not worried about, I was in a big church and they said, there's a coven of witches. We've been getting harassed and they're leaving dead animals at our thing and putting axes all over our church. And they're coming, they're, they're sitting front row. And what do we do? Leave them there. And I'll literally preach a hole right through them. I, there's nowhere. They were doing their little things and I was preaching and I was feeling good. Actually, I felt better. I was like, man, they're helping me over here. I love the warfare. I love the fight. Keep, keep showing up. Doesn't matter. There's nowhere for the curse to land. You can do your demonic tongues and slither and hiss like a snake, like you're, you know, some reptile at PetSmart. You could be at the altar hissing. Hiss all you want. Hiss all you want. You want me to feed you crickets? You want me to feed you a mouse? I don't know what to tell you. Act like a snake all you want. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to preach a hole right through you. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I'm not going to churches going like, I hope no witches come and curse me. They don't have power over me. They don't have power over me. The curse can't land. So if, if someone is trying to curse you, make sure there's no effort to land. Now, of course, if someone's trying to curse you and you know them, don't have any items from them. Don't have any shirts or clothing. Don't take anything from them. You know your family's in witchcraft, more specific. You know your family's in witchcraft. Don't have any items from them, okay? Make sure that you're shutting every door. If you're like, their person's trying to astral project into my house, pray the blood of Jesus over your house. Anoint your house. P command every familiar spirit and demon to leave, okay? Make sure there's no items there and you'll be good to go. Those witchcraft attacks, they can't land. Your job is to make sure they can't land. Number four is shortcuts. This is a spiritual attack we often don't talk about and I see it all the time. The devil comes, or again, the devil, the demons, they come and they try to use this against me. They want to give you a shortcut. There is no shortcuts. The enemy will attack us by offering us shortcuts to our destiny. What was the third temptation the devil gave Jesus? What was it? You could have the kingdoms of this world if you bow down and worship me. Now remember, Jesus was going to the cross to dethrone the devil. The devil loses power and the kingdoms of this world would no longer belong to Satan, but the devil tried to get Jesus to take a shortcut. You don't have to go to the cross. You could take a shortcut, but guess what? No shortcuts. The devil is always trying to offer Christians another way outside of the life of crucifixion. There's no other way to follow Jesus outside of laying down your life. We've created another way. Like, oh, just pray the sinner's prayer. Sorry, not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Actually, you need to get crucified. What did Paul say? I'm crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. So there's no other way. You have, there's no, you know, there's a demonic gospel that says you don't have to die. You don't have to be crucified. You don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to lay down your life. Guess what that gospel is? A demonic gospel, a satanic gospel, a gospel that Jesus didn't preach. The easy way is the devil's way. How do you know that, brother? I felt the Holy Ghost tonight. Easy is the way that leads to death. Difficult is the way that leads to life. 
Be very careful. I'm not going to call it any names here. I got to be careful here because some of you guys' favorite preachers do this. When people start getting heavy into grace all of a sudden, heavy into once saved, always saved all of a sudden, heavy into I'm not religious, I'm not legalistic like them. When somebody gets heavy into that, you can guarantee there's sin lurking in their life. You can guarantee sin is brewing when they're trying to say it's easy, you don't have to do anything, take the shortcut, live how you want. I'm just saying, there's some preachers out here that are really getting heavy into grace. I'm like, hmm, all of a sudden you're getting heavy into grace? When that happens, usually it's to justify our own sinful actions, our own compromise in our own life. Period. I, I'm moving on because like, you guys are going to start tagging people. I, I can't get involved in drama. You need, to, you need to realize these shortcuts are of the devil. These shortcuts are of the devil. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Fight against him. Don't give in to them. Here's how you fight against this attack. You realize there's no shortcuts. I just have to work hard. I just have to work hard. I got to resist him. I got to put the energy in. Do not expect to have a great relationship with God if you don't put the time in. I want to do Christian YouTube. God told me, okay, guess what? It's time to put work in. You got to actually work. I had to spend hours, hundreds of hours learning how to do this, how to do the camera, how to stream, how to do this. And now I help other people. I had to work though. I had to work, 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 work. I want a shortcut. How could I go viral easy? And how could I steal somebody else's content? You can try, but there's no shortcuts. The reason why there's 3,000 people on the live right now is because we streamed last year for 400 hours, the year before for 400 hours. This year, we've streamed for almost 400 hours. We have 1,800 videos. Guess what? Work. We got to work. We got to make the flyers and the thumbnails and schedule the stream. And I'm on here doing notes and I'm spending hours and hours. These streams to prepare six hours, three hours, 10 hours. I don't know. But guess what it is? work. Do I feel like doing it? I would rather take a shortcut. Wait, you mean I could have a shortcut to doing what God? No, God said, Isaiah, you're going to reach millions of people online with the gospel. Put the work in. I didn't sit around going like, all right, God, I'm ready. Drop a camera on my desk. Drop a light. Drop a this. Drop. No, I'm going to put work in. There's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. So don't try to find, don't let the devil tell you there's a shortcut. All right. Number five, this one's huge. Oh no. Did I miss one? Oh, I forgot to put number five. It didn't come out. Okay. Number five is distractions. Distractions. Man, I'm mad that that one's not on screen. Number five is distractions. Demons are assigned to distract you and divert you from the call of God. Now, distraction is the process of diverting the attention of an individual or a group from a desired area of focus. This is what the devil wants to do. He doesn't want you focusing on God. He doesn't want you focusing on prayer. He wants to distract you. This is the number one spiritual attack I see in this generation. 1 Corinthians 7.35. Now I say this for your own welfare and profit, Paul says, not to put restraint upon you, but to promote what is seemingly good in order to secure your undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. What did Paul say? You need to have, type it in the chat, number five is distraction, undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. Why, why would the devil, ask yourself this, hook you on drugs when he can hook you on Netflix? Why would the devil cause you to commit sexual sin when he can just get you spending eight hours on your cell phone watching TikTok and not doing God's will? So the devil will usually do the easiest thing possible when attacking you. This is one of the most easy things possible is to distract you. Demons love to distract you. Have you ever read the Bible? You're fine all... Have you ever wondered why you could watch a four-hour show or get on TikTok for four hours and have no distraction? 
The moment you start reading the Bible, everyone's calling you, texting you, notification, you got to do this. The moment I start praying distraction, the moment I start reading distraction, the moment I try to fast distraction, it's a spiritual attack. He'll use other people to distract you. Demons and other people will be used to distract you. And I get that happens to me all the time. I will literally be, now I haven't done this in a long time. I'm in rehab, but I'll sit there and be watching videos people have made about me, slandering me, lying about me. I'll be reading comments. An hour and a half goes by. I'm reading comments of people that don't like me. They think, oh, you're a false prophet because you preach deliverance, whatever it is, okay? And then I'm like, oh, I fell into the trap again. I let the devil use these people to write things, to say things, to distract me. They don't know the devil's using them, but it's clear this is a distraction. So he'll use relationships. Hello, you know you're not going to marry that guy. You know he's not a Christian. Well, I'm just going to date him a little bit longer. Distraction. Just break up with him tonight. You're literally wasting your time. He doesn't want to serve God. He's not, he's not a good husband for you if he's not going to be a priest of your home. So you're just distracted. You don't need to give him another week. You've already given him months. You've given him months. The relationship is a distraction for your destiny. Break up with him. Family members, you're just wasting your time hanging out. Distraction. Don't let the devil use people to distract you. Now, I, I can guarantee the number one thing we're fighting right now in this generation is distraction. Break it today. Don't be, don't be 20 years distracted and I can't believe I didn't do anything because what is distraction? A diversion of attention. A diversion of attention. So again, the enemy will bring relationships in to distract you. And guys, please hear me. I've been under these, probably every one of these attacks. Literally, probably every one of these attacks. So I'm not here preaching down at you. Don't let the devil use these. So how do we fight this? Colossians chapter three, verse two. Set your minds on things above, not on things on earthly things. So we should be thinking about heavenly things, heavenly realms, heavenly perspectives, then on the earthly things. Matthew 18, nine. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's easier to enter eternal life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown in the fire of hell. What do I do? Remove the distraction. I, I want to be nice about it. That's it. If you're being attacked, the demons are using things to distract you, remove the distraction. So some of you might have to give this up. Some of you might have to give this up, your phone. Some of you, I'm telling you right now, you might have to give up Instagram. You might have to give up TikTok, which there's literally no reason for you to be on TikTok. You're not being edified at all by it. Let's be honest. Give up the TikTok, give up whatever you need to give up. You need to know the devil's using this. I'm giving, I'm, I'm literally giving the devil the gun to shoot me. I'm giving him the tool to defeat me. So I'm going to get the tool out of his hand and remove this distraction. Okay. It's time. It's time. It's time. You're overdue. All right. I don't know how I missed a slide. That's weird. All right. Number six, discouragement. This is a spiritual attack. Many times when it comes, you don't even know why you feel this way. It's a sense of wanting to quit and wanting to give up. This is to me, the biggest attack that I fight all the time. I get attacked by this and I know it's I don't come in agreement saying it's just me. No, I know it's demonic. I need to get out of alignment with it. It's demonic. It's not of God. There is absolutely no reason why I should be discouraged. There's no reason. God is blessing my ministry, my family, my wife, my kids. Amazing what God is doing in my life. Why am I discouraged? Demonic attack. It's a demonic. It's a spiritual attack. Discouragement. Discouragement means having a loss of hope or confidence. And discouragement comes from two words. 
Dis, which means to take away, and courage. Dis, courage, means to take away your courage. Take away that boldness. Take away that bravery, that hope, that faith. Take away the willingness to engage in battle. The enemy will use circumstances to discourage you, a pastor letting you down, a family member not following through, a relationship falling apart, a sickness in your body, and all of a sudden, you get sick in your body, you get a church lets you down, whatever, somebody hurts you, and you lose the confidence you once had. You lose the boldness you once had. You lose the desire, and you just kind of lay there. You don't want to get up. You don't want to fight again. But do not let discouragement stop you. Get up and try again. Why? Because a righteous man falls seven times but rises again. This is what the Lord is saying to you tonight. Get up. Get up. That's your prophetic word. I need to learn how to break out of discouragement. Get up. Get up. Get off the ground. Someone needs you to get up tonight. You know, the days I don't want to stream, if I'm being vulnerable and honest with you guys, the days I don't want to stream, I don't want to podcast, broadcast, go live, any of this. And honestly, the times I don't want to are usually the best episodes. They do the best. They end up being the best. You know what I do? Somebody needs me to get up. I don't want to. I could cancel the stream. You know, is it going to hurt me financially? Probably a little bit, but the show must go on. I mean, that tomorrow will still come. And I could cancel, and I think about this all the time, like, oh, I'm discouraged. I don't really want to. I don't feel it. I don't want. But I go, you know what? Someone needs me to get up. Someone needs me to get up tonight. I'm down. I've fallen. I'm in discouragement. I'm tired. I'm lazy. Now, laziness should be another one, but that's with discouragement. Someone needs me. Someone tonight, this word's going to change their life. Somebody's on the verge of giving up, and this, this me going live tonight might change one person's life. So they needed me to get up. I was down on the ground, but they needed me to get up. So someone needs you to get up. Don't be discouraged anymore. We are not going into 2024. I thought about what's the last word of the year I can give you guys, and tonight's the last Monday teaching of the year. This is the one. This is the one. Break out of the discouragement. In 2024, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out. No more attack. I'm coming out liberated and free. I'm, I'm fighting back against this. I'm not going to be a punching back for discouragement. I, it can't be this way. It can't be this way that I'm discouraged. Get up and try again. So here's my, my advice. This is how I break the spiritual attack of discouragement. This is how I break it. Remember why I started. This is how you break discouragement. Remember why you started. Remember the prophetic word spoken over you. When I get so discouraged and like, I don't want to do this and are, has anyone's life even been changed? I just, it's such a lie from the devil. Even when I voice what I think sometimes, I'm like, it's so demonic. It's so not God that I think that way. And when I'm getting that attack of discouragement, I go back and remember 19-year-old Isaiah walks into church as an atheist. God radically changes my life and I committed my life to forever preaching his gospel. I remind myself that's why I started. Didn't start for the numbers. Didn't start for the YouTube subscribers. Didn't start for the views. I, I've literally recently just don't even check my analytics. I don't check my subscriber count. I don't look at how good the video is doing right. I'm just, I'm not even looking. I'm not even allowed discouragement to set in. I didn't start for views. I didn't start for a large subscriber base. I didn't start for a lot of viewers. I didn't start, none of that. I started simply because I, I got saved and I said, I want to see other people get saved and preach the gospel to them. I was an atheist and God radically saved me. So I break that discouragement when I remind myself why I'm even doing this. Sometimes we get so busy working for the king, we completely forget about the king, of why we even started doing what we're doing. So remind yourself, maybe it's a job you're discouraged in. 
Maybe it's a degree God told you to get and you're discouraged in that degree. Remind yourself, go back to the prophetic word. Hopefully you write down your prophetic words so you can go back and say, nope, there's a prophetic word over my life. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to wage the good warfare and fight the good fight. All right, last spiritual attack, sickness and disease. Does the devil have power to put sickness and disease on people? Yes. To what extent? I don't fully know. In Luke 13, there was a woman who, because of a spirit of infirmity, because of the devil, was bent over for 18 years. Jesus recognized this as satanic, as Satan being the one causing her disease, and Jesus healed the woman. Okay? Jesus healed the woman. So we know in Acts 10.38, Peter described Jesus as the one who was doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So the devil can, to an extent, put illness on people. We know because he put boils on Job. Satan literally put boils on Job. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, there's no cause, we can't explain it, there's no medical diagnosis, there's no physical reason why you have sickness or disease, it's possible that you're under a spiritual attack of sickness. Sometimes it's short and it goes. Sometimes it comes suddenly and leaves suddenly. Sometimes it's long term. But the devil will use sickness to attack people. To what control does he have over sickness? I don't fully know. To what control the demons have? I know they're spirits of infirmity. I've cast out of people, but I don't fully know. But sickness and disease can be a spiritual attack. But there's power. There's power in Jesus' name. And there's power when we pray together. Matthew 18, 19. If two or three, two or, or let me say it again. If two of you agree on earth, I was going to say two or three, but it doesn't say two or three. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them. There's power when we come together tonight and pray. And we're going to pray tonight to break these spiritual attacks and to go into this next year, guns ablazing. But there's power. Now, this is what James 5.14 says. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if there's anyone sick among you, let's lay our hands and let's pray the prayer of faith. We, that, that's what we do. We pray the prayer of faith. We don't live in the attack. We don't live in unbelief. You might be in an attack of sickness. I've been under that where I know it's demonic, where I literally get attacked with sickness. I'm like, this is demonic. Am I the only one chat? And then we're going to pray ourselves out. We're going to get free. We're going to get delivered from this. We're not going to live in this any longer. So I hope you guys got all the points down. I'll recap. I guess I don't have the last one, but let's just recap here with number one, night attacks to fill in the blanks. And we're going to pray right now. Number two, temptation. Number three, witchcraft attacks. Number four, shortcuts. Number five, uh, distractions. Number six, discouragement. And number seven, sickness and disease. Those are the demonic attacks I've recognized that often happen. Now, let us pray. Let me take those off. And let us pray uh, for those of you that are being attacked. If you're being attacked right now, you're under a spiritual attack, I want you to type one in the chat if you're under a spiritual attack. And we're going to pray. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that every one of these attacks... You would just break them right now. We come against every demonic assignment, every demonic plan, and every strategy of the enemy, and we break them in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power over us. And I want you guys to pray as I'm praying. Satan, you have no power over us. You have no authority over us. I come against this attack now in Jesus' name. And the authority of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. Every demonic power attacking me, 
I command you to leave me now. I cancel your assignment. Night attacks, distractions, diversions, every demonic sickness, disease, come off of my body. Discouragement. I command you to be broken right now. I break out of the attack of discouragement. In Jesus' name, we've won the battle. No, I want you to say this, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The weapons will be formed, but they will not prosper in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Father, I pray that you break my kids out of any attack they're under. I pray you break my wife out of any attack that she's under. I want you to pray for your kids and your spouse right now. I pray right now the attacks of the enemy will be broken in Jesus' mighty name. Father, just bring your power. Bring your anointing. Bring your fire, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we just worship you. We praise you, God. We pray you would deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I pray those that are being extremely tempted, that God, you would deliver them from temptation right now. That these demons would no longer tempt them or entice them to do things they know they should not be doing. The temptation of lust, pornography, whatever it is, we break these demonic assignments. We uproot every demonic power. We cancel their plan right now in Jesus' name. We just pray the bl- plead the blood of Jesus. We pray the power of God, the fire of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every attack of the enemy is broken right now in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power. You have no authority. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. The attacks end now in Jesus' name. The attacks end now in Jesus' name. Off our kids, off our marriage, off our family. The blood is against you, Satan. We just pray the fire of God. We pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we pray every spiritual attack broken right now in Jesus' name. I want you to say, Satan, you have no power. Satan, your demons have no power. You have no authority over me. You have no authority over me. You're a liar. Leave me now in Jesus Christ's name. I'm not your home. Tell the demons that. I'm not your home. You cannot live here. You cannot stay here any longer. We break you now. We break your power. We come against your power in Jesus Christ's name. Jesus' name. We break the power of Satan right now. The blood is against you, Satan. The blood is against you. You cannot cross this line. It it ends now in Jesus' name. I'm a warrior. No more sidelines. No more cheerleading. No more being convinced by religious cheerleaders. The religious cheerleaders. No more letting them convince me to not fight. I'm fighting the battle. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. God, deliver us from evil. Break these attacks at night. God, be with us at night as we sleep. God, let us have sweet sleep as the Bible says. In Jesus' name, God, we pray for every single person in the broadcast right now. God, freedom, freedom, freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that you would just uproot the attacks of the enemy. Send your warfare angels, God. Send your warfare angels, according to Hebrews chapter 1, to help us fight this battle. Send your ministering angels, Lord, to help us fight this battle. Do what only you can do, Father. We glorify you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Jesus, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. Jesus, we say, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to also remind you guys, the first seven days of the year. Actually, we're going to be live the first nine days of the year. But the first seven, this is very important. I want you to write it right now on your calendar. January 1st through the 7th. Seven days I'm committing to this. We're going to be live every day praying together from a different place. I'll be in this studio, my other studio, my living room, wherever I'm at. We're going to be praying together. 
Monday at 6, Tuesday at 6, Wednesday at 6, Thursday at 6, Friday at noon, podcast Friday night at 6, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 6. We're giving the first seven days over to God, Monday teaching, and then Tuesday podcast, so nine days straight. We're giving it all to God. We're dedicating it to prayer. That's going to be the most important thing. Before we do a teaching or a podcast, it's going to be prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer is going to be the theme of 2024. We're going hard for God. And I also have a change I'm making, which I want all of you to hear about. I'm committing to this. 2024, we are going to be doing weekly prayer meetings with our monthly partners. Those of you that partner monthly, we're going to have weekly prayer meetings. Now, I can't open this to everybody, the prayer meetings, because Zoom will not let me. Last time I opened Zoom to you guys, a thousand of you instantly came and it crashed Zoom and I bought the highest plan. It was like, I think $300 a month and it was the highest one and they still said thousand max. We can't fit everybody. So we will be having prayer streams, but monthly partners pray about partnering with us in 2024. We can't survive without you guys. We're going to be praying in a more intimate setting. It'll probably be Friday afternoons after my Friday stream. We're going to be praying with the monthly partners and I will send a recurring link out to all the monthly partners on YouTube and on my website. So if you want to pray about becoming a monthly partner and being a part of those, um, that will be right on screen on my website or scan the QR code and talk to your spouse and say, hey, let's partner with this ministry every month. And guys, again, I'm, I'm not here to cry about it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.